Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome in, everybody. You're listening to the Mike Hogan Show, hosted by yours truly, Mike Hogan, on CPL Radio. This can be heard in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, Ozaki County, or anywhere, because this is a recorded radio show. I am recording on Friday, October 9th, 2020. It's good to be back on the airways, folks, talking football with you all. This show can be heard on 6 p.m. on Saturdays, 11 a.m. on Sundays, just before the action kicks off in the afternoon, 12 Midwestern time, 1 Eastern time. That's when the games kick off on Sunday and, of course, Sunday night games and Monday night games. But the good news is I'll be breaking down it all for you guys on this radio show that will record on Fridays. I'll try to have a guest on every week. And I'm just... I'm happy to be back here. I used to, a couple summers ago, if you remember, I used to record radio shows at the studio. Um, I did not do that last summer as I was studying abroad. Jeff Messerman, who was in charge of this radio station at Cedarburg Public Library, he reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, and we've been in planning mode for this, so it's good to be back. And we're going to jump right into things here, folks. Biggest headlines in the NFL, if you've been paying an ounce of attention to anything, the COVID news is what is basically the most important storylines right now. It's more important than anything going on on the field. As we speak right now, we've got a slew of teams impacted by COVID outbreaks or their opponents having COVID outbreaks or COVID cases, should I say. The Jets had to send players and coaches home this morning after a couple or one or two positive tests. They play the Cardinals this week. That game um, is going to hinge on what happens with those tests. The Patriots and Broncos also in a similar situation. Last week, the Patriots game against the Kansas City Chiefs was moved to Monday night, uh, which the Chiefs won because the Patriots had a COVID case, quarterback Cam Newton tested positive this week. One or two more additional players tested positive. So the NFL had to switch that game 
to Monday night between the Patriots and the Broncos. <clears throat> the Bills, Chiefs, and of course the Tennessee Titans, kind of a cluster of teams, all impacted by, of course, the biggest outbreak in the NFL, the Tennessee Titans. We will have David Beauclair come on to talk about the Tennessee Titans up uh, out COVID outbreak later on in the show. David Beauclair is a publisher and producer for All Titans at SI.com, but just briefly here, the Bills play the Titans on Tuesday night. The Titans have had 23 total positives since last week. And the Bills play the Chiefs. We're supposed to play the Chiefs on Thursday night. That game has been moved by the NFL to later in the weekend. So let's jump into football talk here. We'll get to more COVID-related stuff in a little bit. Let's recap Thursday night's game. This was a very, very good matchup between two very well-coached teams, in my opinion, the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bears won a close one in this one, uh, a final score of 20-19. to It was a weird ending, and, and the Bears uh, have basically controlled the game in the second half. It was back and forth. Uh, they won 20-19, of course, but the, the, the last play of the game is something that you'd, you've probably never seen before, and that was Tom Brady on fourth down in the last minute. He didn't know the down. He did not know what was going on out there. And that, you're talking about the best court, quarterback of all time, excuse me, have a total mental lapse and, and totally forget what situation his team was in. And it, it, it didn't cost him the game. It was fourth down. The, the, that was the, the game was going to hinge on that play anyways. But all they needed to do was get the first down. I believe there was about 35, 40 seconds left. They were around midfield. They were down by one point. They could have easily kicked a field goal to win the game if they got into Ryan Suckup's range. They couldn't do that. Brady threw it deep to his tight end, Cameron Brate. The pass was easily broken up. Brady was standing on the field holding up four fingers. So that told everybody right then and there, Brady thought it was third down. Unbelievable mental error by the best quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Turnover on downs. The Bears win the ball game. A big win for the Chicago Bears. They just switched quarterbacks. They they, they gave Mitch Trubisky their first-round pick a couple of years ago, another chance. And they, he, he wasn't cutting it, so they had to go to Nick Foles. The legend of Nick Foles continues in Chicago. He picks up a big win last night. The Bears still have that stellar defense. Their offense isn't going to be exciting. They don't have. They have Allen Robinson. They have Jimmy Graham at tight end. Other than that, Tariq Cohen's an okay running back. But other than that, the Chicago Bears they're going to grind out wins because their defense makes stops. Their defense is going to win them a lot of ball games if the offense can just do something, give them something. Last night, Foles had a pretty good game, thirty of forty-two for two hundred and forty-three yards. He had one touchdown and an interception. His one touchdown pass, an unbelievable touchdown grab by Jimmy Graham, a one-handed catch in the back of the end zone over a defender. Jimmy Graham having kind of a revival season here. Uh, he, he didn't really do much in his in his time with Green Bay. He was on and off in Seattle. Of course, he was great for the New Orleans Saints. But if the Bears can keep giving the ball to Jimmy Graham, they're going to they're, they're gonna get something. Their, their offense is going to be a lot better. Jimmy Graham... Last night, he only had a couple of catches on five targets, but they were all timely 
timely catches. Jimmy Graham, I'm looking. He he's my sleeper fantasy tight end. I I'm I'm big on the tight ends this year in fantasy. I got Jimmy Graham, and Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins, John Smith of the Titans. Three guys kind of fly under the radar a little bit, but they're good football players and they'll put up 10, 11 points, 12 points a game. That's pretty good out of a tight end if you don't have Kelsey or one of those elite tight end pass catchers. For the Buccaneers, on the other hand. Now, before we get to the Buccaneers, let's take a look. Allen Robinson totally solidifying himself as an elite wide receiver in the NFL. And if he had him, I'm, I'm nothing against Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is a, is a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. But if Allen Robinson had a guy, an elite, a better quarterback, not an elite guy, but just a better quarterback throwing to him, this guy would be putting up even more ridiculous numbers. Last night, 10 receptions on 16 targets. 90 yards, 24-yard reception was his longest. He averaged 9 yards per catch. Allen Robinson, man, he's pretty damn good. Allen Robinson is going gonna, is gonna to do some damage this year if Nick Foles can keep tar- targeting him seven, 16, 17 times a game. But I'm just saying, man, if he had some, uh, just a little bit better than Foles, a quarterback, and, and the reason I say this, I watched a, a play on Twitter this morning. Nick Foles rolled out to his right. He had, he had Robinson wide open for a first down. First down and more. This could have been maybe a 25-yard gain, 15-yard gain. More, more, more than 10 yards. Foles throws it over the head. He had all the time in the world to throw. He was rolling to his right. Of course, he was throwing off balance, but he had him wide open. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about with the Bears and Allen Robinson. I think if Allen Robinson had somebody... Just a little bit more accurate, man. This guy would be a lot better than his numbers show, and his numbers are not bad by any means. Anthony Miller had four catches for 28 yards. He was a believer, first or second round pick by the Bears a couple years ago. Montgomery, the running back, had seven catches on eight targets for 30 yards. Rushing wise, the Bears got touchdowns from Montgomery, 29 yards on 10 carries. Cordero Patterson, their wide receiver. Three three carries, seven yards. Not much out of the Bears running game last night. Nick Foles won them the game with his arm. Their defense held up there under the bargain. Tom Brady, on the other hand, not a bad night by any means, but that fourth down play is what everybody's going to be talking about. 25 completions on 41 attempts, 253 yards, and a touchdown. A 35-yard long was his longest pass of the game. Receiving for the Buccaneers... Cameron Bray, they have some really, really talented tight ends. Uh, they have O.J. Howard, who who didn't show up in the stat sheet last night. Rob Gronkowski, those three, pretty pretty good tight end group right there. Those three guys could start on any team. <clears throat> Bray had five catches, six targets, 44 yards. Evans, who was questionable with an ankle injury, played very better than we expected, better than I expected him to play. Actually, sat him, sat him in fantasy last night because I thought his injury would affect him and the Bears' defense is good. He still found a way to get on the board with five catches, nine targets, 41 yards, and a TD. In rushing-wise, Ronald Jones, I've been saying it all along, Ronald Jones, a sleeper fantasy running back. Put him in the flex if you got him. Uh, 17 carries, 106 yards. Ronald Jones can do it. He can catch the ball, too. He had three catches last night for only 19 yards, but this this is a guy that can be used in a lot of different ways for the Buccaneers. And Leonard Fournette's hurt right now, so Ronald Jones, his value goes up quite a bit. So the Bears beat the Buccaneers, and, and, and 
Nobody's giving credit to Chicago. Everybody's talking about Tom Brady in the fourth down failure because he didn't know what down it was. But give credit to the Chicago Bears. I, I think this is a good football team. They've come out of the gates here. They've won a lot of close games. The Bears came from behind in week one to beat the uh, Detroit Lions. They came uh, from behind to beat the Atlanta Falcons. So the Bears are a, a solid football team um, that, that, that can win close games. That's a sign of a good football team right there. The Chicago Bears winning close games. Their defense is gritty. Their offense, like I said, not going to give you much, but if you can get something out of them, that defense is going to win you some games if they're on. So moving on here into the next part of the show, let's talk about the Titans. The Tennessee Titans are at the center of the news right now in the NFL. As I mentioned earlier in the show, they have 23 total COVID cases, more than 10 players, more than five, or I think it's eight or nine staff members now, coaches who have come down with the coronavirus. This all started last week, Monday and Tuesday is when uh, we got word of the Titans defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach Shane Bowen, who didn't travel the team to the Titans' last game in Minnesota on the Sunday the 27th because he tested positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. And on the following Tuesday the 29th, that is when everything started to hit the fan. COVID cases started to increase throughout the week. Uh, they, start, they, they kept increasing into this week, putting the Bills game in jeopardy. Um, now the Titans in the news, the NFL... Uh, started an investigation on them. Many reports are starting to come out about the team. <clears throat> Gathering last week, in the middle of the week, after the outbreak started, uh, they gathered together. I think a few guys gathered at a high school and practiced while the team facility was shut down. And another group of players gathered at another site that same day, I believe. And they were also told not to gather. Now, people have been saying different things about the league memo. The Titans gathered this day. The league memo came out that day. But in my honest opinion, if you know that there's an outbreak of coronavirus going around your organization, why do you need a league memo to tell you to stop what you're doing and not gather? It should just be common sense at this point. It should be common sense. The Titans players should have... They shouldn't have needed to be, nobody should have needed to tell them that they couldn't gather. And it doesn't matter when they were told, when the league said this and that. The bottom line is the Titans did something stupid. And they're going to be punished for it. Um, I'll get to the forfeit talk in a little bit, but the bottom line is that they should have just known better. And that's why our country is where it is, people. We don't listen to the rules, we don't use common sense. We almost, it almost feels like a lot of people go about their daily lives without the virus in mind, and that is why we are where we are. We haven't been able to move past this. We haven't been able to slow any type of curve. So don't even start with me on that. We haven't been able to slow it down. We have not been able to slow it down because of situations like this. And guess what? You know what? The, the Titans, they're a football team. They're a group of highly motivated guys who, at the time when they did gather to, to conduct these workouts, I will say this, 
they still thought that they would be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, October 4th. So you can look at that that way and say, okay, well, they thought they were going to be playing a game on the weekend. But in reality, like I said, they should have used common sense. Okay, this many guys tested positive today. I was on the plane with them this weekend. I was on the field. I was doing this and that. They should have used common sense and said that we're probably not going to play on Sunday. I know you can't assume that in the NFL. And it looks like right now the NFL is doing everything in its power to get these games in as scheduled whether that's on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they're rescheduling this and that. They're trying to get games in uh, before the next week's games, so they don't have to completely reschedule. And I'll talk about rescheduling a little bit. I'll give you my gist on that. But common sense. We need common sense. The Titans screwed up. doesn't matter when they were told or what they thought at the time. They should have just stopped. Right then and there, no gatherings. Maybe do your workouts at home on your own, but don't gather with your teammates. Because now, look at it now. We are still up in the air with the Titans game this weekend. The Titans, not this weekend, but early next week. They're start, supposed to play the Bills on Tuesday. They just had two guys test positive yesterday, or two, two more positive cases reported yesterday. No cases were reported today. They have to go at least another day to get back into the facility to start in-person preparation for the Bills. And then they have to follow, when they get back into the facility, if they do, uh, before the game. Um, if, if this game can even go on and they can get back in the facility, they have to follow post-exposure protocols, which are much more thorough than the actual just normal NFL guidelines for the season for the coronavirus. The Tennessee Titans have their work cut out for them. They have to go another day without a positive case. And they have to follow those protocols to a T, those post-exposure protocols. And, you know, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but if you had team gatherings last week, some of those guys that went to those gatherings, I don't know for sure. Nobody knows for sure. But you have to think that some of those guys at those gatherings probably had the virus in their system. And they were spreading it to guys who maybe didn't have it. And maybe we'll have it later on this week. Or maybe maybe if we get to Monday or Tuesday. Or we get to the day of the game or Monday, the day before the game. And a guy tests positive. Because it takes 14 days sometimes. It takes a while. There's an incubation period here that we have to take into account. And if guys are just showing up positive right now, how many more guys will follow? Is this going to end? I almost feel like, and this is where I'm getting in my gist on the scheduling, I almost feel like it would have been better for the NFL to say, you know what, let's just create a Week 18 because the odds are they're going to have to reschedule a bunch of other games. And Week 18, just to me, just makes the most sense. Push the playoffs back by a week. And, pl- if, and, and, and I guess... You wouldn't even need to play Week 18 if those games don't matter for playoff seeding. They can take that into account. So let's just, the NFL could say, okay, well, we're just going to push this, kick the can down the road. We're going to move this game to Week We're going to create a Week 18, put this in that game and that game there in that week. And when we get to that week, if we need these games to be played for playoff seeding or whatnot, then we play them. If not, if they don't really matter too much for playoff seeding at all, then let's not play them. Let's just go on as scheduled for the playoffs. But it almost feels like to me the NFL is being too stubborn. They have to be they have to be very flexible in a year like this where there's there's COVID-19 going around and you know what? They have to be flexible. And there has to be some sort of flexibility within this schedule to to, to reschedule these games cuz you just can't 
they can't keep going on like this week by week, rescheduling games for Monday or Tuesday, uh, doing all this crazy stuff. The NFL, like I said, it almost seemed like it was too stubborn from the start. And, and let's just completely throw this forfeit garbage out of the window here. I don't agree with it at all. I saw a lot of Bills fans uh, clamoring for the forfeit. I saw a lot of Steelers fans and players uh, wanting the f- not not wanting the forfeit, but rather suggesting the forfeit. The Titans screwed up. We couldn't play. We had our bye week too early. Give us the f- and in the Bills case, well, you screwed us over because we don't get the Thursday night game against Kansas City. That got moved to later. The Titans screwed up. So give us the forfeit. I, I don't agree with that at all. This is the NFL. This is this is this is. There's money involved. There's competitiveness involved. If they can't play these games, if they forfeit these games, first of all, the TV contracts with the NFL are huge. You got to take that into account. You got to take into account the players won't get paid if they forfeit games. So I don't think any player in their right mind would want to forfeit a paycheck for a forfeit win. And the next thing, too, is competitiveness. Is it fair? Sure, the Titans screwed up. Like I said, I've said that multiple times on the show so far. But is it fair? I don't think so. Because guess what? This was going to happen. An outbreak was going to happen. It happened in the MLB. This is where people need to pump the brakes. It's happening right now to a lot of teams. There's positive tests showing up. There's, there's an outbreak with the Titans. This was going to happen all along. The MLB had the same situation at the beginning of its season. And after that, they figured it out. And it was smooth, pretty much smooth sailing from there on into the postseason where we are now with the MLB. So I don't agree with the forfeit takes at all. The forfeits to me, it's a bunch of garbage. It's, it's just, just a bunch of fans that, that want the easy way out. This is the NFL. This is the big leagues. There's no such thing as, oh, wait a minute, let's just uh, forfeit the game because the other team can't show up. That, that's a bunch of Little League garbage. We don't need that here uh, in the NFL. That, that, that's just not going to fly. Not going to fly at all. For more on the Titans COVID outbreak, let's bring in publisher and producer for all Titans at SI.com, my colleague David Beauclair. David, thanks for joining me today. Oh, happy to be with you, Michael. So, David, uh, we, we've seen this kind of unfold since, since the outbreak started with the Titans uh, early last week. We've got more than 10 players on the COVID list, eight staffers. The Titans seem to be in the news for all of the wrong reasons, breaking protocol, working out in groups when they weren't supposed to be. I'm just curious, you know, what have you made of this whole situation, and do you think that this game is going to go on as scheduled on Tuesday? It's, uh, it, you know, it's a really good question. There's a lot of time between now and Tuesday for another positive test. We're, we're still within the window of the last time the Titans were together at least in some measure as as a group or at least smaller groups you know be dating back to the the day after the minnesota game in, in an authorized way and a day or two after that in an unauthorized way you know we're, we're still in that window where the uh the, the covid could show up in people if it if it's been passed around and uh i mean this is this is one of those things it's another negative test and and this game's going to have to be postponed and and, and pushed back into the season or maybe the end of the regular season somewhere. So it's uh, uh, I, I would imagine I would imagine everybody on, on both sides of this thing and, and in the league offices are holding their breath. 
you know, Titans coach Mike Rabel talked about, uh, you know, you get the news on these test results at 4.30 every morning. And so I, I can imagine that, that he probably wakes up without an alarm about 10 after 4 every day right now and, uh, and starts checking his phone and, and waits to see what those results are. And that will continue until, uh, until the day of this game for sure. Now we've seen the, the, all the stories and reports about the Titans, you know, not following the mask protocol and the players gathering to work out. Do, do you think that the Steelers and the Bills have reasons to be upset about this, or maybe just the league in general has valid reasons to be upset about this? Well, I, I you know, it, it depends on on sort of the severity and and the the impetus for all this. I, you know, I tend to believe that uh, you know the, the Titans players didn't stop to think how seriously the league is taking these things. I mean, this is this is a group of guys who are who are highly motivated and highly enthusiastic about the opportunity they have. And, you know, the, the day that they're told, you know, you go back to Tuesday a week ago and they're told, hey, don't come into the facility today. We're closing the facility down. Um, you, you know, you're supposed to stay away from each other until further notice. I'm, I'm sure guys were like, well, you know, let's, let's get to, you know, let's get together in, in some groups. Let's get some work done. Let's try to make the most of a uh, – of a bad situation to, to me that you know that that is that is perfectly reasonable to expect from from this bunch of guys I, I you know that that would make perfect sense to me but you know the, the question then becomes did they did they not or I guess were they not told clearly that they shouldn't get together were they told clearly and just said screw it we're going to do it anyway or were they told not to get together with sort of a wink and a nod, you know, from, from the coaching staff and the, the general manager? And, and, and the answer really doesn't matter because in any case, the NFL is going to find fault with the Titans and, and is going to punish the Titans. As for the, you know, the rest of the league, you know, this, this, is, the, this, this is what happens in a pandemic. I think we all, we all sort of knew that uh, – by not playing in a bubble that, that this was going to happen to some team in some way and uh, um, you know are, are the Titans are the Titans any more responsible than anybody else for uh, for for creating this mess I, I, I don't know I, I mean it, it could be that, uh, that that all these positive results are, are you know, are the are the are the product of the time they spent together in Minnesota on the plane ride up there, uh, in meetings the, the day before the game, in the locker room during the game, you know, on the plane ride home and on the buses, you know, all that. I mean, there there you could you could point the the timing potentially to that. So, um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know that. The, the idea that, that the Titans should forfeit a game seems uh, seems a bit ridiculous to me because I think everybody knew going into this season that that your you know adjustments were going to have to be made and these are these are the most significant adjustments to date right now but I'm not sure they're going to be the last ones the teams are going to have to make. You brought up a couple good points there with where this outbreak could have started. One of the things that kind of crossed my mind when really thinking about it, a lot of these players and coaches have kids that could be going to school. You don't know if these guys caught it from family members who were going to other places and, and whatnot. And another good point you brought up, this is a pandemic. The NFL had to expect something like this to happen at some point. Um, my next question for you, David, 
do you think it would have been easier for the NFL just to create an extra week of the season and push the playoffs back? Well, I, I think that's still an option. It, it, it's my understanding that as long as the Super Bowl is played before the end of February, that the NFL satisfies its, uh, its television contract uh, requirements in that regard. And, uh, and and let's face it, every everything that the NFL has done through the offseason, uh, getting the season started, getting to this point, is, is done with the idea that it wants to provide the television inventory for which it is contracted so that it, it can reap the, the, the financial rewards of, of providing that inventory, and, and which, which pays a, such a significant portion of, of all the bills for all the teams. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's still very much a possibility that there could be an, an 18th or even a 19th week in the regular season and, and push the playoffs back a little bit and, uh, and in order to accommodate whatever games might happen to be missed along the way. I mean, let's face it, we're a, we're a quarter of the way into the season. There's already been, what, four games, five games moved around to some degree. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's possibility of more this weekend already. So it's, uh, I, I mean, there's, at some point, the, the the league is going to have is going to run out of scheduling options if if these sorts of issues continue, and uh, and they're going to have to they're going to have to add on to the regular season. Another possibility could be just the the MLB did it uh, playoff seedings and, and and positionings by uh, winning percentage. Do you also see that as as maybe a possibility uh, for the NFL? Yeah, that was uh, you know that was written into the. Uh, the rules that were put in place, along with all the COVID procedures and, and, and everything else, uh, among the among the, the things the league accounted for, it said that, uh, that that division winners will be determined this year based on winning percentage, and that you know that that screens that we recognize maybe not everybody's going to play the same amount of games, and uh, you know you just look at this you look at this Titans Bills game that's scheduled for now Tuesday. These are these are two of the last six undefeated teams, and, and say this say this game doesn't happen now, and, and you know that that could be that could be a distinct advantage to, to one or both of these teams when the uh, when the final standings are set because you know that that's that's theoretically a, a really difficult game that that neither team had to win and and. One side ended up not losing, so uh, you know, eleven and four is a better winning percentage than eleven and five, and uh, you know that that could be sort of the difference between uh, the winning uh, you know winning a division for a team this year. Now there is still a game on the schedule for the Titans and the Bills this weekend. I'm just uh, want to get your thoughts on the Bills real quick before we wrap this segment up. Uh, the Bills have been a very impressive team this year. Josh Allen has, has really taken the next step, and, and he's really uh, validating himself as the franchise quarterback in Buffalo. How do you think Tennessee stacks up against the Bills on Tuesday night if this game happens? Obviously, they're going to be without some key guys uh, due to due to the COVID list. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, even under the best of circumstances, this this is this is one of these these real odd things that I don't know I've I've ever seen come up in the NFL, but. Uh, at least from teams that don't play in the same division, this is this is actually the third year in a row that the Titans and the Bills are meeting in Week Five in this spot of the regular <laughs> season. You go back to uh, you go back to 2018. The Titans had won three in a row, uh, and, and as a matter of fact, three close games, all by three points. Um, 
and, and we're talking about you know demanding respect from around the league and whatnot. And uh, and Buffalo kind of beat them up that day in what was an ugly game, and, and the Bills won thirteen to twelve. And then you know you go to uh, you go to last year, the, the Titans were coming off a really impressive performance in Atlanta, a game they won twenty four ten and sort of dominated start to finish, and uh, and they come up against the Bills again, and it's the same sort of thing. The Bills pushed them around all day, made then starting quarterback Marcus Mariota looked really bad, and it was a low scoring game that the Bills won. 14 to 7. So, uh, uh, you know, this, this, is a, this is a team that has, the last couple of years, been a real physical matchup problem for the Titans. I, I think the Titans are more physical now than they've, they've been at any point under Mike Brabel, but, but can, they, can they play at that sort of level after two weeks of, of dealing with COVID, uh, after not being on the practice field, after doing all those sorts of things? And with a, a quarterback who, as you point out, Mike, has, has taken a big step in his career. The last two years, the, the Bills sort of won, at least in, in facing the Titans, they won in spite of uh, Josh Allen. And, and now that, you know, they're, they're winning games because of the guy. So, it, 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 you know, if, he, if he's going to play at that level, it's just going to be that much harder for the Titans. And everything else considered, I, I just think it's uh, – I, I think this is this is going to be a really tough one for the Titans. If, if they can find a way to win this game, a I'll be surprised, and b I think it'll it'll serve them really really well going forward. Folks, that was David Beauclair, publisher and producer for All Titans at SI.com. David, thanks so much for your time, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to the Mike Hogan Show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This can be heard at 6 p.m. on Saturdays, 11 a.m. on Sundays, just before the NFL action for the week kicks off at noon Central, uh, 1 Eastern. And I want to thank my boss and colleague at AllTitansAtSI.com, David Beauclair. I've been interning with David since May. It's been an honor. Always appreciate his insight on the Titans. So let's jump into this week's action. We're going to break down the schedule here and give you some insight on what to do in fantasy this week, or at least what I'm doing with my fantasy team this week. Maybe you guys have some of the same guys on your team. The Rams and Washington football team at 1 on Sunday. Eagles and Steelers, 1 o'clock. And this is where it gets interesting. The Cardinals and Jets in New York, or in New Jersey, should I say, because their stadium's in New Jersey. Uh, that one could be moved. Uh, the, the Jets had to send everybody home today because of a COVID, potential COVID uh, you know, exposure. Uh, I, who knows what the NFL is going to do with, with that game. If they have to move that one, are they going to move that to Monday or Tuesday? Who knows? Uh, so that, that could be something to watch out for. The Raiders and the Chiefs at 1. Jaguars, Texans at 1. Bengals, Ravens at 1. Panthers, Falcons at 1 as well. The 4 o'clock games kick off with Dolphins and 49ers at 4.05. Giants, Cowboys, Giants at Cowboys at 4.25. Colts and Browns in Cleveland at 4.25. And the Sunday Nighter, Vikings and Seahawks on Monday. This is where the schedule gets sticky this week. Broncos and Patriots. Broncos at Patriots move to Monday night because the Patriots have had a couple of COVID-positive tests pop up over the last couple days. That's another one to watch out for. The Chargers and the Saints. That's going to be a good one, a better better one than people expect. And then this one, Bills-Titans on Tuesday. That's been the talk of the show, of course. 
yeah, who knows what's going to happen if this game can't be played on Tuesday. As I said earlier in the show, I think uh, that that Week 18 idea with the NFL is 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 a just why not? Why not do it? I don't understand why they're trying to cram these games in. If the Titans have one more positive test <clears throat> over the next couple of days, there's no shot at this game. And then that puts Buffalo in a tough position because they've been wasting all this time preparing for the play of the Titans on Tuesday night. And then their game against Kansas City will be moved back to Thursday night when it was originally scheduled. So Buffalo's in a pretty tough position uh, w- with this with this whole thing. A lot of Bills fans upset. They wanted that Thursday night game against Kansas City. Understandably so. That's going to be, in my opinion, when I looked at the schedule this year, the Thursday night games, I thought Bills Chiefs, and it looks even better now, the way both quarterbacks are playing, both teams are playing, I think that's the best Thursday night game there is all year. Bills and Chiefs. Two great teams. So that one, Bills Chiefs moved back. The Bills and the Chiefs have just been in a COVID sandwich. Because the Bills' upcoming schedule, they got the Jets, <laughs> who have COVID issues right now. Uh, two, the Chiefs had to deal with COVID issues with the Patriots. Now they're dealing it with. Now they're 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 dealing with the aftermath from this whole Bills Titan situation. So a lot of ripple effects on a lot of different teams with this. Anyways, enough talking about coronavirus. Let, let's get into some games here. Give you my picks for the week: the Rams and Washington. I got the Rams in that one. The Washington, they could come out and play inspired football. They just benched their starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. I think uh, Kyle Allen could play better for them. Uh, Alex Smith is 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 right behind Allen in that 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 race uh, that the quarterback room too. Alex Smith, a great story, had that terrible knee injury that put him out for a couple seasons. Uh, but I think Washington. I, I don't think they're a very good football team. They're better than they're better than what their record shows. But the Rams, uh, the, the Rams have a, a decent offense. Jared Goff is still Jared Goff, and their their running game is pretty good as well. Like their defense, they can get after the quarterback Aaron Donald. I, I think the Rams are, are going to win this game. By, by it's closer than people expect. But I, I would say my seven to ten points. The Rams get away with this one. Eagles and Steelers. This is one of my favorite matchups of the week for some reason. The Eagles just uh, had a big win on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. Steelers 3-0. They didn't play last week because their game was postponed against, of course, the Tennessee Titans right in the middle of everything. But uh, I, I like the – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go upset here. I, I like the Eagles um, on the road in this one. Uh, don't ask me why. I just like it. I think Carson Wentz is, 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 is a great quarterback, better than people give him credit for. Athletic, the Eagles, I think they get it done in, in – and start distancing, distancing themselves in the NS, NFC East, that ugly NFC East race right now, because you, you look at it, you go right down the line. Washington's 1-3. and three. Eagles lead the division at 1-2-1. One, and one. Uh, The Giants and the, and the Cowboys both a mess as well. Both those teams uh, have losing records. Giants are 1-4. Cowboys 1-3. That division always seems to be just a big cluster of a mess every single year. I like the Eagles winning the division and this game on Sunday. Uh, the Cardinals and Jets, I don't know what to say about this one. The Jets are awful. Adam Gase, if they're smart, get rid of them, change coaches. I know changing coaches doesn't do much. Not always does much for a team in the middle of the season, but just the Jets, if I have any advice for you, get, get ahead on the uh, head coaching search and uh, get somebody next year that, that's capable. Adam Gase, terrible head coach. Uh, in my opinion, one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, I think Adam Gase is awful. The Cardinals, and I, that's, that. you know what, 
I guess I'll take that back. I know nothing about coaching a football team. I'm just a, a writer. I'll take it back, but Adam Gase, you're still terrible. Uh, I like the Rams in this one by a landslide. I like this Ky- Kyler Murray kid. Undersized quarterback, but uh, he's in the top 15 in rushing. No quarterback has ever run the, won the rushing title. Uh, I follow the rushing title closely because a guy, Derrick Henry, <laughs> King Henry, uh, I cover him with the Titans at all Titans at SI.com. Uh, I've been doing the rushing title rankings every week. Uh, I think Kyler Murray's a sleeper. If he can keep getting those, that many attempts a game running the football, I think he, he, don't be surprised if he finished in the top 10 or top 5. I'm not saying he's going to win it. But uh, Kyler Murray just uh, now with DeAndre Hopkins, they have that Kirk kid who is pretty good at wide receiver. Kenyon Drake, a good running back. A good steal for the Cardinals last year in Kenyon Drake. I like this, this Cardinals team a lot. Young, athletic. I wouldn't be surprised to see in the playoffs this year. Raiders and Chiefs, easy one there. I think the Raiders are a better football team than what people give them credit for. They're two and two. They beat the 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 uh, they started their season off with two straight wins, but they've lost two in a row, like the Chiefs by fourteen or more in this one. Interesting matchup here with the Texans and the Jaguars. The Texans just fired head coach slash slash GM, aka Mr. Power, Bill O'Brien. Uh I'm going to say the Texans get their first win under interim head coach Romeo Cornell. Going to be a close one, though, Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew looks like a pretty darn good quarterback. He might actually be the reason why the Jaguars don't get a top-five pick this year and have a chance at the prize of the upcoming draft, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. I like the Texans in a close one this week. Ravens and Bengals. Uh, I gotta take the Ravens here, but I think Cincinnati's been a fun team to watch with Joe Burrow. Just a, Joe Burrow is just an absolute joy to watch every week. Uh, I like Joe Mixon at running back for the Bengals, but I think ultimately the Ravens are just too good. They'll have enough to pull away in the end by more than seven. Falcons and Panthers. Let's give the Falcons one this week. Falcons. I just don't know why they're winless. They have a darn good offense. They've blown a lot of close ones. They should have. They should probably have at least two wins right now. They blew that big lead in the second half of the Chicago Bears a couple weeks ago. I like the Falcons this week. Matt Ryan's a darn good quarterback. He always has been. Doesn't look like he's aging. I like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley at wideout, Todd Gurley at running back. I think they get one and saved head coach Dan Quinn's job this week. 49ers and Dolphins. This Dolphins team, also a fun team to watch. Let's just say that right then and there. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, the ageless wonder of Ryan Fitzpatrick. What is he on, his eighth or ninth team right now? Everywhere this guy goes, he finds his way into a starting job. And it's just unbelievable. And everywhere he goes, he puts up pretty good numbers. And I've I've always said this. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a Hall of Fame quarterback by any means. But there is a special place in Canton, Ohio for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. Put his picture on the wall somewhere. This guy means so much to this league, more than people think. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I'm going to say the 49ers, they got Debo Samuel back. Jimmy Garoppolo could start this week for them. They're starting to get some injured guys back. I think the 49ers get it rolling here against the Dolphins at home. Giants and Cowboys. Man, I want to pick the Giants so bad in this one, but I'd look stupid for doing that. I'm going to go Cowboys. Dak Prescott, how about that last week? And they lost against the Cleveland Browns at home. He threw for over 500 yards. I like the Cowboys by about three points in this one. I think it's going to be close. Dallas's defense is awful. Word of advice to anybody, do not start Dallas's defense in fantasy. They got me negative nine points last week. Don't do it. Daniel Jones, you might have a big week this week 
I'm rooting for you. I had to drop you in fantasy a couple weeks ago. Browns and Colts. Man, this Browns team is good. This Browns team is not a joke anymore. They're competitive. They've won three straight games after being blown out week one by the Ravens. I like Cleveland in this one over Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. I like him at home probably by about three to seven points there uh, in that one. Seahawks and Vikings. I think this one's more interesting than people think. The Seahawks defense is also terrible. Uh, they're 4-0 in large part due to their offense and Russell Wilson. I'm going to go upset here again. I think the Vikings get a huge victory at CenturyLink Field on the road. Kirk Cousins has a big one. How about that wide receiver, Justin Def- Jefferson? They picked. They traded away Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. Justin Jefferson, they picked him in the first round out of LSU. He's had some pretty big uh, catches this year. I think they get him involved against a awful Seahawks secondary. I like the Vikings this week. Delvin Cook, running back, could have a big week as well. Yeah, let's let's roll with the upset with the Vikings here. Broncos and Patriots Monday night. This game, subject, totally contingent on COVID. What happens with the Patriots if they have any more cases? This game could go by the wayside and move to a later date this season. I like the Patriots in this one. The Patriots still aren't the Patriots they were with Tom Brady. They've lost a lot of guys. They lost some guy, key guys on their defense due to COVID-19-related opt-outs. I like the Patriots uh, this week over the Broncos. The Broncos, of course, um, they, they're they kind of in a revolving door with quarterback right now. Drew Locke is hurt. That Driscoll kid they, they had starting for them is also hurt, so they're starting that Ripon kid who played pretty well against the Jets, but I like the Patriots. Bill Belichick and outsmart Vic Fangio. The Patriots play good situation on the football. Nothing has really changed other than Brady's not there. Patriots still good, still a tough team to beat. Going to be in the conversation for the playoffs all year. Chargers-Saints, another upset here. I'm going to go Chargers. I think the Saints have been uh, an average team this year. Uh, Drew Brees has struggled. Not struggled, but he's not. He clearly isn't the same Drew Brees of the past. And on the other side, you got Justin Herbert starting for the Chargers at quarterback. I like that kid a lot. Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he's the uh, a sleeper for rookie of the year. Uh, I watched him throw the football last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, that kid can throw the football. He can throw the football. Uh, he, he connected on a deep pass right away in the game. Totally opened my eyes. I said, this, this Justin Herbert kid going to be pretty darn good. Let's pull up a stat line real quick from last week, if we can, quickly. And, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. We can actually... Justin Herbert actually won the starting job. Tyrod Taylor, former Buffalo Bills quarterback, was their starter. His lungs were punctured by the team doctor before week two. How about that? You lose the starting job because the team doctor punctured your lung uh, before the week two game. And this rookie, Justin Herbert, out of Oregon, comes in and, and lights it on fire. So in his three games... He started the Kansas City game. He threw for 311 yards, one touchdown, one pick, 22 completions on 33 attempts. Week two against Carolina. He hasn't won a game yet, but this kid's putting up impressive numbers for a rookie. How about this? 35 completions, 49 attempts, one touchdown, one interception. This this kid's not looking like a rookie. Last week against Tampa Bay, he threw less. He had uh, the least amount of attempts and completions. Of any game he started, any of the three games, 20 completions on 25 attempts. 
290 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Justin Herbert, if you can stop throwing interceptions, you're going to be a darn good quarterback. I like this Justin Herbert kid, and he's, you know, I think the Saints, I don't think the Saints' defense is as good as people think it is. I like the Chargers this week. I like Herbert getting his big first career victory as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then the Bills and the Titans, um, you know, why even make a prediction for this game? Because you don't even know if it's going to happen. Uh, but I uh, I like the Buffalo Bills in this one. I think even if this game is played, the Titans had a very big competitive disadvantage. They, Like I said earlier in the show, they had to follow all this post-exposure uh, stuff the NFL sent, and that that's going to be pretty tough for them in preparation for the Bills. Also, take into account, uh, they do still have some injuries. They've been without starting cornerback Adoree Jackson for three games. Uh, Taylor Luan, their star, a Pro Bowl offensive tackle, has dealt with some injuries. He's going to play this week. A.J. Brown, star wide receiver for them, second-year wide receiver. He hasn't played since week one with a knee injury. And then you got a bunch of guys in the COVID list. Who's going to come off the COVID list before this game? That's going to be the question. How many guys will the Titans need to start from the practice squad? And even if these teams, there's no COVID going around, I still like the Bills. This Bills team's firing on all cylinders. Tennessee has played a lot of close football games this year. Each of their games have come down to the wire. Steven Gostowski has had to th- hit game-winning field goals in each of those three victories for the 3-0 Titans. He's the only kicker in franchise history to hit three consecutive game-winning uh, field goals. So thanks to Steven Gostowski, who, by the way, had a terrible start to the season in Week 1. He missed four total kicks. People were calling for his job, and he's been stellar ever since. So thanks to Steven Gostowski, the Titans are 3-0. Steven Gostowski... Ryan Tannehill, quarterback, playing really well. And a defense that's shaky but makes timely stops. This Buffalo team, their defense has been shakier than you might think. Uh, Their defense was great last year. Basically what led them to 10 wins, a defense and a timely offense. But this year, both their defense and their offense are both darn good units. Their defense is still trying to figure it out with a few new pieces, uh, especially in the secondary, on the defensive line. So I like the Bills in this one. Uh, the Bills probably by 14 if the Titans are missing that many starters. Uh, Josh Allen, unbelievable, leads the league. Or I believe, yeah, he, he he's at the top of the league in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns. Stephan, Stephon Diggs, their new toy on offense from the Minnesota Vikings, has been worth every penny and every draft pick they gave up to get him. He leads the league in receiving yards. He scored two touchdowns so far as well. The running game is kind of slept on. Devin Singletary is very good. Option at running back, their backup, Zach Moss. They picked him uh, in the third or fourth round of this year's draft. I think second or third round, actually, excuse me. He's a good uh, short yardage guy. He was hurt last week, didn't play. Uh, but I like the Bills. Complete football team. Bills, sleeper, Super Bowl contender. Josh Allen, clear-cut MVP contender. Uh, so that's what the picks of the week are. And we're going to run quickly here through what I'm going to do with my fantasy teams this week. I've already set my lineups, and I've kind of um, decided to do that based off what's happening with uh, COVID. I've sat most of the guys who could be impacted by that. This week I'm starting Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. I think he's a, a, a good candidate to have a pretty darn good game this week. Uh, because the Eagles secondary is suspect at best. Alvin Kamara, always reliable at running back. 
He doesn't run the ball much, but he's a threat in the passing game. He's, I think he's gotten me like 20 points a week or close to it, maybe a little over, a little less. Kareem Hunt at running back. Nick Chubb is hurt. Nick Chubb is near the top of the league in rushing yards. Kareem Hunt is also near the top of the league in rushing yards. Good one-two punch in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt, with uh, getting more carries this week, should be able to put up ample points, even against a tough Indianapolis defense, because Cleveland's offense can use Kareem Hunt in a variety of different ways. Ways Kelvin Ridley at wide receiver. I like this kid a lot. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. I usually put him in the flex, but this week I'm putting him at wide receiver one. He's had more than 15 points in each of his three games this season so far, or, or uh, four games this season so far. Debo Samuel, I'm starting him uh, for now because I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play this week. Uh, could be a big game for Samuel if he's able to have Garoppolo throw him the football this week. I started Jimmy Graham at tight end. Chicago Bears put up 12 points. A little bit of a surprise. I, uh, Jimmy Graham's been pretty good for, through a few games this year. Um, very good last night. 12 points. I'll take it from him. I started Chicago's defense. They got me five points. I have DJ Moore at the flex. Atlanta's secondary hasn't been great this year. I think DJ Moore could have a finally have me a good game. So if you have DJ Moore, start him. Chris Boswell, a kicker. Uh, some, uh, I'll go through some of the guys I decided to sit. I decided to sit Mike Evans. I probably should have started him. He put up 15 points. Jonathan Taylor, um, I decided to sit. I think Cleveland um, can stop the run pretty well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jonathan Taylor proves me wrong this week. Of course, people in Wisconsin know him well. Uh, very talented running back from the University of Wisconsin. Jarvis Landry, have him on the bench. He's honestly the biggest hit-or-miss guy on, in fantasy football, in my opinion. He can come out and have 20, 30-point game, uh, or he could uh, disappoint you and only put up eight points. So I sat Landry this week. I decided I'd roll with one Cleveland Brown player, and that was Kareem Hunt. Uh, setting McCole Hardman, another guy who's hit-or-miss. Uh, it's either he puts up... Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes gets in the ball five or six times a game for three touchdowns or or nothing. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course, the Packers are on a bye week. Melvin Ingram, or Mark Ingram, sorry, um, sitting him, just too inconsistent. Good guy to have on the bench for when the other running backs are on bye weeks. Scotty Miller, decided to pick him up off of waivers this week. If you picked him up as well, I suggest you keep him. He didn't put up any points last night, but he's a good slot option for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like Scotty Miller a lot. Undersized wide receiver. Kind of reminds you of an Edelman Amendola guy. Brady used to throw to those guys. Wes Welker, a uh, kind of guy like that. I like Scotty Miller. Keep him if you have him. Didn't start him this week because I didn't think he would play very well against Chicago. My other fantasy team, this is a league where it gets pretty tough because you have a lot of guys in one league. This is like one of those 15 to 20 um, team leagues, and you you only get maybe three, four, five good players, so you got to be smart about your draft picks. Um, I haven't really done much to this lineup yet. I'm still waiting to see if you can get through tomorrow without any COVID cases. Titans and Bills, I'm going to start Josh Allen at quarterback, uh, Bills quarterback Josh Allen, um, if they play that game on Tuesday, but i got to make that call tomorrow or Sunday afternoon. So, so just in case, I have Drew Brees on the bench, I don't think I'm going to start him, though. I think I'm going to go with Garoppolo if Breeze can't go because the Dolphins' defense is shakier uh, than the Chargers' defense. Delvin Cook at running back has been so productive the last couple weeks for me. I'm going to start Jonathan Taylor in this league because my other options aren't very good. 
I think Taylor's game could go either way, as I said earlier. For now, I'm going to start Stephon Diggs at wide receiver. He's been awesome for me this year. The Bills are getting him the football a lot. Terry McLaurin, uh, I'm starting him in the wide receiver two-hole. I think McLaurin's valuable, very, very valuable in fantasy. A lot of people uh, have started to question if he can keep his production up, but I don't see it dropping off at all. McLaurin's put up about 15, 20 points a week for me so far, so I've been enjoying him. Uh, Mike Gesicki at tight end. I like him a lot. Um, good option at tight end. 10, 12-point range, maybe a little more if you're lucky. I like Gesicki. He's a valuable option at tight end, consistent option. Jonu Smith also for the Titans. I would start him. I would consider starting him if the Bills and Titans can go, but I'm just going to roll with uh, Mike Isicki for now. I haven't made a decision what I'm going to do with the defense yet. Last week I started Dallas. They got me minus nine, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, I'm probably going to start the Giants defense this week. Um, their defense has been pretty solid, but I'm going to might explore the waiver wire a little more um, and, and see what happens in that aspect. Deciding to sit A.J. Brown. It looks like he's going to be a full... The Titans' estimated injury report put Brown as a limited or full participant. It looks like he might play on Tuesday if that game happens, of course. Drew Brees um, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to have to decide between either of them. Leaning towards Garoppolo, as I said. At quarterback, if Allen can't play. Jerry Judy, uh, wide receiver for Denver. Haven't really started him or used him at all this year. He has been putting up about 8 to 10 points per game. Darius Slayton, wide receiver for the Giants. Talk about a really big disappointment. I might drop Darius Slayton soon. Scotty Miller also picked him up in this league as well. Like I said, keep him around for another week or so and and see what happens with Scotty Miller. So that's what I'm doing in fantasy this week. And that brings us to the end of the first episode of the Mike Hogan Show. Thank you very much for listening. This show, again, can be heard on CPL Radio, 6 o'clock, uh, 6 o'clock Central on Saturdays, 11 Central AM on Sundays. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening. Signing off, Mike Hogan. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.